It's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did You Know What way before the internet or social media existed with my co-host Greg Alfred. Joining me to help control the um <laughs> chaos, we're going to talk about anything and everything on this brand new episode of Crazy Train with me, Jasmine St. Clair, all aboard. Yeah, so out there in La La Land, we have one thing in common. We're always categorized as ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I think you're the second or third Middle East part Persian um, wrestler I've met. It was Frankie Kazarian. Oh. What do you, what's your background? So I am just like, okay, Romanian, oh. Lithuanian, French-Canadian, Native Indian, and there is a little bit of Middle Eastern in there. Um, it's like when my grandfather came to the country, and that's where the last name comes from. Um, we think it's from Syria, um, but like there's some of the records got a little uh, lost or something like that. Um, but there's yeah, there's definitely some in there. But I'm I'm pretty much a an amalgamation of different uh, nations, as I like to say. What got you into wrestling, anyway? I mean. Well, you could be related to the Iron Sheik, but no. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I know that's a really bad messed up joke to do. And disdain. Uh, also you know what? I, I dig the Sheik. I, I really like it's um it, it's funny, right? Like everyone has their own impressions, but um no, I've always, always like enjoyed hanging out with him and everything. And he's uh he's had a quite a career past WWE, which is it's pretty cool. And how did you come up with the name Damien Sandow? Because it's so different from your actual God-given name. <laughs> yeah, when um when I got to FCW, and they um all of a sudden the office got the bright idea that like no one can use their real names, so we all had to like take just a bunch of names and pick from them. And the the list that they handed me, uh, you know, frankly it sucked. So I just said, hey, can I take like a day or two? You know, I think it was like 48 hours to just go and try to come up with something. And um, I was sitting there racking my brain around it. And I really wasn't sure, like, character-wise, what I was going to be. Because that it was, like, such a, a weird thing. Like, I, it's like they wanted me to pick, like, a fake real name. And then I could do whatever character I wanted to. And I was doing something that was, I was more, like, uh, kind of militant and whatever. So uh, I just said, you know what? Uh Sandow, I like the name for Billy Sandow from the Goldust Trio. And, oh. um, you know, Damien, I don't know why, like when I just wrote a bunch of first names down and like I had last names on one side, first names on the other side, and I'm like matching them up. And um, I think it was like just getting too close. So I just said, whatever one lands, I'm just going to do it. And it happened to be Damien. So I was Damien Sandow. But uh, it's funny, like I always said to Jasmine, we're like, the name does not make the person the person makes the name and, and you could have, I mean, look like Dolph Ziggler, but if you heard that name, you were like, what? But then what, you know, the man behind Dolph Ziggler did, um, you know, the, the guy playing that character, he just took it to an, another level. And uh, that's a cool, cool ass name. Yeah, actually it is. Um, <clears throat> I'm friends with his brother. I knew his brother. That's kind of how I got into the whole like improv. Well, that's how I ended up going to Second City was because of Ryan. Ryan, yeah. Ryan and I are good buddies. I was hanging out with him yesterday, actually. Oh, really? How's yeah. That? What were, yeah. What were you doing with him? 
Well, okay, so he, <laughs> he just like I hadn't seen him in a couple months, and him and I, he's like one of my you know best friends out here. Mm-hmm. And he called me. He was like, "Hey, I met the uh, the Westlake Village Skate Park, and that's kind of by where I live." So um, I go, "Oh, all right." So I went up there on a Wednesday morning, and uh, we just uh, we hung out, we talked. He rode his skateboard around the pool. I just uh, you know filmed him and taunted him um, for being the only person there over the age of twenty five. Yes, and um, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, and that was it. But no, we had a great time. He's actually it is funny. He has become an excellent skateboarder within the span of like 18 months. Because when, when he took this up a year and a half ago, because um, I lived with him in Tampa. Right. Um, so Ryan and I, like, we knew each other pretty well. I mean, we went to the gym together. We went to shows together. We rode together. Uh, you know, we were on the same schedule in, uh, in WWE developmental. And then when this happened, it was like right when, you know, pandemic happens and we all did what we did to keep sane. Uh, he starts posting videos of a skateboard. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, he goes, oh, no, I'm always skateboarded. And uh, so he, it's now taken on a life of its own. And he's uh, he's a shredder now, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're the one that said it. I didn't because when you first said he's going to skate parks, I'm like, he's yeah. a grown man in a skate park. OK, let me just try to wrap my head around and get like this whole thing. But then again, it is Ryan. Like most people that do improv, we're um, we're like in a cult of our own i don't know if you ever took classes i know that you act i did yeah you did where did you did you go to second city as well yes i went uh second city for a little bit i actually um i hosted the um the flying chuck i did that about three yeah. times i actually did it in detroit which was cool um and yeah i've kind of like studied here and there um you know i wish i got to study more at second city because they seem to be like in my opinion the 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 place to be in, in terms of like where i would fit in anyway right and um and plus, Bordner's is, I, I enjoy that place. Oh, um, I miss that. Place. Yeah. Bordner's and then uh, Bar Sinister on the weekends. But that's not, that's neither here nor there. No, that was in my my younger days. Yeah. That cleaned it up real fast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I walked by there. It's like almost, I don't know. I don't know. It just reminds me of like people. I, I don't know. I don't know. I walked by there a couple of times. I used to tease my old webmaster about that. Cause he would go there. I'm like, what are you doing? Like wearing leather chaps or some shit getting whipped. Like, I don't even want to know what he's doing there. It, yeah. it's, it's impossible. Uh, interesting. It's a great place to people watch. That's exactly the whole point of uh, Bordner is great. Cause I Bordner's has like amazing um, yeah. macaroni. Like, they just have really good food, like good comfort food. They do. And after show food, yeah, but you're on a pretty strict diet. So now that you're with NWA, I, I know that you started out, you were in WWE. What are your thoughts on WWE now and this whole developmental? Because there's so many people I feel that are in NXT or that work for UPW that should have been working there, but they didn't have that well, chance. You know, I, I think what it is, right? Um, and, and this goes for really anything beyond wrestling. Um when you're in a scouting situation, you have to look at, um, okay, what is needed and what's available. And, you know, with, with sports, like, like, let's say we were playing baseball. Um, so, okay, this guy has a batting average that is really good. He has no injuries. Uh, and he is a great, I don't know, like right fielder or left fielder. I have no, not, no idea about baseball, but let's just say all these things line up. This is what our team needs. Let's get them, right? And that's how I go to the pros. But with WWE, you're essentially performing and you are subject to the opinion or opinions 
of the people that are in office making the decisions. I mean, ultimately, it always comes down to Vince. But, um, you know, I had to go through uh, Jr. Jim Ross, Dr. Tom Pritchard uh, the first time. And they have, I, again, I lucked out. They've always been, you know, huge supporters of mine. And uh, and I've been huge supporters of theirs. I mean, I, I think that they, um, I would not have had a career if it wasn't for Jim Ross and Tom Pritchard. You know, I, I know Dr. Tom a little better than Jim Ross. However, um, you know, I, I never forgot who signed my first developmental contract, like as for the representative of WWE, that was JR. And I've always kind of given him that respect and, um, you know, uh, expressed my gratitude towards him. So not to be long-winded, however, but um, so I, I think that sometimes, you know, if we were looking at the late nineties where they want guys, you know, above six feet and over 230 pounds, uh, size could play a factor um and i know plenty of people that have gotten signed because of their size but are absolutely incapable of putting together a match or even like getting through a match mm -hmm. and um you know and then this is this is in wwe this is at, at the highest level of this supposedly or at, at least at the highest level at the time um and now as we've seen things kind of progress right where the style has changed or you know, I, I think that's because maybe a lot of smaller people are getting into it and there's more small guys uh, and girls than big guys and girls. Yeah. So, you know, the style has become more athletic. But in my opinion, what has happened is in general, the industry um, and this doesn't go for everywhere, but it, it just goes kind of across the board where people have lost touch with what makes wrestling cool. I mean, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, as far as the guys go, where grown men play fighting in our underpants, and there is no <laughs> other way to describe it, right? And with, with the girls, it's the same thing, right? Except probably oh. a lot of guys would pay to see the girls do it. So, um, but no, I mean, I am as a you know heterosexual male, I am fully aware of how ridiculous like my job is when I fill out my taxes. Like, yes, I pretend like I'm fighting in you know most of the time pink tights. And I do cartwheels and flips and, you know, it, it's, it's really ridiculous, but, um, what it is, it is a listening and emotional response from people. It's, it's the drama, it's the pageantry, it's wanting to see something that you can't see, uh, while you're, you know, walking down the street really. And I think a, a large part of that is like, I listen to the people, right. When we have some people. Uh, and performers today, and this goes for guys and girls, like they do amazing, incredible athletic things and people, they clap and they, they will, what you say, pop for it, but it, it goes quiet after. And then when the finish of the match happens, nobody cares. And then here's what I gauge it. When your entrance music hits, what are the people doing? Like I knew when, when I got to a point, I used to come down to the hallelujah course by Hondell. Yeah. And it's still like wherever I've gone, I've always kind of kept the first part of that thing. So, you know, as a signature, but um, when that hallelujah hits, you know, and you hear the people, whether it's that guttural boo or a cheer or whatever, um, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a good night. You know, whatever happens in there, it's going to be cool. And you don't have to worry because, you know, 90% of the battle is already won. Like you're, you're already, over they know who you are they want to see something like like they know what they're going to see like if if someone let's say i was the intellectual savior um 
when I was that character, they knew they were going to see something bizarre, right? Um, and I think that goes for everyone. Like you look at Hulk Hogan, um, when you heard Hogan's music, you know, you're going to see the, whatever makes Hogan great, uh, Steve Austin, you know, you're going to get a double middle finger and a stunner, the rock. So the list goes on and on. So I think it's just a matter of, um, being a little more in tune with the, the basics with, with the, the foundation of our industry, which is the audience in my opinion. So I, I think, I know that's a long winded answer, but, um, it is a talk show, right? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to talk, you're allowed to curse, but <laughs> no, it's what you're saying, but I feel like, so we get our own adrenaline rush from walking into the ring. What is this? Sorry about that. Um, my producer is going to kill me. Uh, so yeah, we get our own adrenaline rush when we walk into the ring. Okay. And I feel as though it's the same adrenaline rush for the fans. Speaking of entrance music and like classics, I think that Shawn Michaels is like a bit too old to be coming out to, um, what is it, Sexy Boy? Isn't he like 60 or something? But anyway, um, so yeah, I get that mm -hmm. whole thing. And just with wrestling in general, so XPW Wrestling is actually coming out to California mm -hmm. in April. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. on extreme wrestling and like death matches? Because it's, it's a so, different form. And those guys really, yeah. like it scares me and... I do pray, but like when I have my friends in there, I just really pray extra hard because I know what's going to happen and it just freaks me. It doesn't freak me out. I don't, I just, it's another level of worrying. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't do the extreme thing. Um, um, I, it's not my particular, um, not my cup of tea, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, but again, like at the end of the day, who am I to criticize anyone? Um, you know, if like if I don't like something and, and look, I am not per se. Am I a fan of the extreme stuff? No, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I think that it it only allows room for injury. It raises the fans expectations to where in order to sustain a business model, like you have to do something more extreme and more extreme and more extreme. I mean, to the point of one time I saw this video of a dude that had a weed whacker, like taken to his chest. And I'm like, bro, enough. Like, you know, learn how to get over, maybe learn how to do a promo, maybe hit a gym. I mean, that's me. But look, at the end of the day, uh, I refuse to be that close minded that I'm not going to say something sucks based on what I think pro wrestling should be because realistically, if people are watching CZW and it's a thing and, and look, I've even watched it because like, there are things that are so insane that I'm, man, I got to see this. So like, who am I? Like it's, it's the, is it the car accident appeal or is it the, I've been in a ring. So I want to see what this looks like. I'll, I'll maybe have some semblance in my mind what it feels like, but look at the end of the day, um, I am a fan of any organization. I'm a fan of any performer who goes out and does everything they can to put on the best show for the crowd. And like I said, would I be in these crazy matches every single night? No. I mean, it, the old school guy in me, if, if we built an angle and would I do something crazy? Yeah. I mean, Puerto Rico, I've, I've wrestled in fire and barbed wire and cages that are wrapped in barbed wire and all that crazy stuff. And, and I've done it, but it's kind of like been in a storyline and stuff like that. And again, with, with, my lack of knowledge really um, about uh, CZW, it's like, I don't want to criticize them. I mean, I think they obviously, didn't they just sell at the Manhattan Center or something? Did I, I see that? I don't know what they did. I, I have, I've like been so out of the loop with them. Um, 
I, I used to go to the shows because when I owned three PW wrestling, they mm-hmm. were also in the arena. So sometimes I'd use some of their wrestlers on my shows. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest with you. And this is probably the only time I'll say this. So at that time I had a, well, um, at that time, uh, I thought uh, Zandig was hot, but um, anyway, so moving right. <laughs> well, he was then. I, who, who yeah. If you were a girl, what you think he was hot too? I, who are we talking about? Zandig. He ran CZW. Zandig. I think he still does. I don't know. I've been out of the loop, but yeah. it's a different type of thing. And I feel like it has huh. its own cult following um, just like ECW or anything kind of. Unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so go, I mean, like I said, to, to them, like, go do it, kick ass at it, um, and, and again, don't let anyone, you know, because I, I do consider myself, like, I am very much a traditionalist when it comes to wrestling, mm-hmm. um, but I also am like, you have to evolve with the times, and you have to know your audience, so they know that audience a hell of a lot better than me, and um, and you know what, they're they're doing their thing, so I yeah, I, I do, I, I support them, I hope that uh, they can be safe. The performers can be safe. The fans will be safe. Um, you know, not do anything too, too insane, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, Hey, put on a good show because if you're out there doing your thing, you got my respect. It's craziness. I know. I, I love mm-hmm. it. I just love it. I just love the adrenaline rush. Like I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to XPW wrestling being out here and I'm looking forward to working. Oh, with- XPW. I'm so sorry. I, I, I said CZW. I'm so That's sorry. Okay. No, it's no so- my apologies. Yeah. Um, don't, and, and, don't be apologetic. I got to talk about Zandig and proclaim my my crush on him back then. So yes, isn't this nice? We're all just getting everything out in the open. This is great. I know. But, I just no, feel like um, it should be a confessional or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but no XPW. Nothing but respect to you guys. Thank you. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm excited. I have not seen a good death match out here. Uh, not that I want anyone to get hurt, but that does happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm very much into that type of stuff. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I should have been a cult leader or something like that. Who knows? No, I mean, I, I haven't seen a good death match since the, uh, the presidential debate. So that's, that's <laughs> that'll be good. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Cause every, I just, sometimes it's so painful to listen to. It's like, my God, it is. putting the TV off. Oh, but I yeah. know, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, what do you think you'd be doing if you like weren't wrestling or you weren't in entertainment? Jasmine, I have no idea. I, I, I get asked that question quite a bit in like, as I go through the Rolodex of possible jobs Yeah. at the end of the day, I can't see myself doing anything like that for more than six months without absolutely going insane. And, and that's not going to be good for anybody. Um, especially me. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the last thing I need is, um, to end up in, uh, in confinement, shall we say? <laughs> so I, I'm very, very lucky that I've kind of like found my niche and um, especially like where uh, I had a couple of years where I left wrestling completely and just tried to focus on kind of recalibrating my brain to acting. And, and now I've kind of found that happy medium mm-hmm. and it's, uh, I know it's a good thing. I'm, I'm definitely in a spot in my life where uh, balance seems to be kind of forthcoming more and more. Um and that that's a good thing because it's uh, I tell you what I had a couple crazy years and you know you you kind of like look for your identity in Hollywood and, and um, with me you know it was more like I was shedding the skin of what I used to do pretty much my entire life and, and I had this almost twenty year career you know uh, or it was twenty years um, when I left like invested in wrestling and I started super young and it just now I need to um, you know kind of like understand that there's opportunity in both and that it's uh, it's 
it's okay. It's, it's okay to do both. Yeah. I just feel like there are a lot of wrestlers that, um, that they do the mainstream thing. And sometimes they just tend to overact like with the exception of, uh, of Ryan, of course. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, a couple of others, I feel like the, that tendency there is just to overact and just overdo it because when you're in the ring, those promos are so much more different. So what mainstream projects uh, have you worked on? I worked on um, Midnight Texas. I did uh, like three episodes of Midnight Texas for NBC. Uh, I was told I had a spot on the next season as a vampire hunter, but lo and behold, the show got canceled. Um, I've done some uh, some films. I've done uh, They Came and Left. That was with Jonathan Banks, Renee Lawless. Um, that was actually a lot of fun. Uh, a movie, it was a short called Shortcut. Um, just finished the project. Uh, I just finished. It was August, but uh, it was called The Oath. Um, and that was with Billy Zane, which was really cool. That was the, the coolest thing I've done so far. Like oh, get a cool. couple scenes with him. Um, and then I've done uh, Magnum PI in Hawaii. Uh, I went and filmed it there. Uh, Better things for FX. And uh, yeah, that was, that's all that comes. Oh, and I did um, AP bio for NBC. Which I actually worked one? on Ryan with that. Um, AP bio. AP bio. What's that? It will, of course, it just got canceled. Um, but it was right before the pandemic. Um, that Ryan and I worked on it. It's uh, essentially a teacher um, who was a super high level scientist, like had to go back and teach at his old high school and just kind of the, the ups and downs of that. And they, they did a, a wrestling episode. It was the first time I ever like played a pro wrestler in film, which was kind of cool. But like Ryan and I got to wrestle and I was a guy, I, um, Tennessee Ronnie log was, was who I was. Tennessee Ronnie log. That's very, yes. Did you do the Southern yeah. accent for it? Um, I did have a little one and um, I, I had possibly the best slash worst catchphrase of all time. Uh, if I see you, then I saw you. And I was like, you really want me to say that? But, you know, hey, it's hey, it's, it's wrestling good. on TV. What the hell? Yeah, I don't think people really understand. It's a totally different world. Like I've been speaking with a British dialect for the past three days. Um, I had this callback for a British TV show that shoots in Los Angeles, but nice it's very it's it's difficult because you go outside to your to your daily life and there are people that know you that know you as an american and then there you are speaking with a british accent they feel as though you might have a few loose screws or something but yes it was fun though like i had a lot of Ooh. fun doing and i just needed to like get it over with to know that i did it but it was fun in the process yeah. in the process of doing it which is entertaining to me um do you ever see yourself going over to aew or are you just happy where you are right now i'm very I'm, I'm actually very happy where i am but you know what i'm not i i've learned one thing uh over the last couple of months like do not rule anything out yeah. um you know i, I could pretty much say yeah and any like a wwe return is not going to happen but even then you know you never know do i think it's likely absolutely not um but aew no they they got some really good stuff um you know cody's there uh mark henry's there you know uh Arn Anderson's there, which like, hello, you know, Arn Anderson and Dean Malenko are there. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll go hang out. <laughs> you know, that's a, uh, but, uh, but no, they, they have a great, great product and, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's up and coming and it, it, it's speaking for itself too. So yeah, I think there's like room enough for everyone. And hopefully we got like a burst of nineties wrestling. Like we used to mm -hmm. have that healthy, mm -hmm. healthy, you know, when you have mm -hmm. one person buying it out, it just doesn't help. Did you like, what was the ending? Like when you left WWE mm -hmm. or, However, that happened. Was that on good terms, or was it some kind of tumultuous, horrible story? Uh, it was no. It was uh, professionally. It was good terms. Personally, it was not. Um, 
Okay. You know, you're, you're told, get over, grab the brass ring. So Sandow comes out. Um, and I was immediately one of the top heels in the company. Yes. Uh, in, in, ter- in terms of like, just, okay, this, this is who this guy is. Um, and people booed, you know, they reacted when by like the third week, when hallelujah hit, it was that like, they were booing the crap out of me. It was, everything was working. Um, so fast forward, uh, I win the money in the bank briefcase stuff ah. went down with Cena. Um, not, a, you know, again, I was supposed to win the world title. Everyone's like, yeah, you're going to be the next world champion. Yada, yada. Well, uh, they're going to unify the titles. The whole thing with Cena happen. Okay, whatever. Um, oh, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Well, about two weeks later, creative has me dressing up as someone new every week. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what you call fine, whatever. But from my standpoint, I was like, look, I got two options. I can handle this like a lot of other people would and kind of, you know, piss and moan about it and, you know, whatever, and just kind of half-ass it. Or I can like say, no, all right, you're going to have me dress up as Daniel Boone. Well, I'm going to watch Daniel Boone and I am going to be Daniel Boone. Like I'm going to be Fez Parker's version of Daniel Boone, um, you know, from the old Disney show. So I, uh, I did that, started working. Um, all of a sudden they put me with Miz. Uh, I was actually bored on Monday night raw one day. I'm like, what the hell am I doing standing out here? So I, I kind of like was watching him and he, he got hit in the face and I sold it and then he fell down and I fell down. Um, then Vince calls me to the gorilla. I'm like, Oh good. He was at least saw it. Like I'm thinking I'm getting fired. And at that point I was like, whatever. But then he's like, what did you do? Like, well, I'm supposed to be his understudy and a stunt double. I'm trying to mimic him. He goes, do that. I'll be the only one that tells you when it's too much. Did not talk to Vince for about nine months. Uh, went out there and completely, in some people's eyes, uh, took a pee on the wrestling product. And it was like everything in developmental, like, make it look believable and do this and the credibility. Um which I'm all about, by the way. Um, I, I love that stuff. But like, this was just such a unique. I had been painted in a corner where my option was to just stand there and kind of fall in line, or like, no, you're gonna you're gonna give me TV time. Well, guess what? Uh, I don't care who I'm in the ring with. I'm going to steal it. And um, so that happened. Uh, fast forward again, but nine months later, WrestleMania Battle Royal, I was supposed to win. Ended up not doing that. Uh, and that's when I kind of just had checked out, and I said, you know what? This is just this is crap. Like no matter how many t-shirts I sell, like I, I was the number one uh, heel selling t-shirt in the company at one point. And when that happened, it's like they yanked my merchandise off of live events and just sell it online. And, and like, it was just this process where like, they did not want me to kind of reach uh, past a certain point. Now the paycheck. Yeah. Love the paycheck. Um, but it was like, I just cannot be subjugated to someone's opinion of me when I'm eliciting this response from the fans, when like they're chanting for me when I'm not even out there. So what the hell do you want me to do? And, uh, and I waited a while. It was like a year. Cause I was, you know, I was on the road full time. I did not come off the road and I was just like tired by the end of that year. I'm like, you know what? I just, just please let me out. And they, they wouldn't do it. And then they did it like two weeks later with five other people. So I, to me, look, it's not an ego thing. It's whatever. Um, I just wanted to move on and, and I was in a bad place there. Um, so I think it was, again, a healthy decision leaving. And, um, you know, again, I, I don't wish any ill on anyone. Uh, that's just who I am. I have never talked bad about them. Um, cause look at the end of the day, um, you know, I I've expressed my grievances, but I've never, ever 
uh, said anything other than I was playing in their sandbox. If yeah. I didn't like it, I can go play in another sandbox. And, um, you know, I tried Hollywood and uh, out here trying to do the thing. And uh, NWA came around. And now, you know, there, there's other companies that are popping up. I'm like, all right, maybe we'll we can do that. So it, it's, it's more um, it, it's been a hell of a journey. But it, it's also like I say, like, it's been kind of somewhat um prone to self-discovery to, to be honest because like I, I look at my career and how i you know and this is dating back to when i was with uh kowalski at, at mm-hmm. 16 um like i look at where i was and just kind of how the trajectory of my career caused me to view the world in certain ways and then i would change and then you know you go from there to wwe at, at 20 years old to then you're in puerto rico fending for yourself, working for Carlos Colon, and then you're back to WWE, yeah. and then you're up on the main roster, and then you're, you know, money in the bank, you're the next world champion, and you're headlined in Madison Square Garden, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with politics. It, it was such a thing, but um, the one thing I, I think I'm finally learning is just, you know, kind of maintain that that slow and steady, like, all right, look, this is what it is. Uh, and at the same time, don't sell yourself short, um, because, it, I, you know, back then, there was not many people on the roster that could do what I do. Uh, in, in, in terms of like finding just the office gives you something and you have to make this work um, and people fail with it. And, and I can honestly say, like, I have never failed with a character. And um, and I, again, no one likes to uh, criticize themselves more than me. But like when I objectively look at what I've done, um, I, I don't think I ever failed in a character or in the execution of what I was supposed to do. And in look, that's all any of us can ask for, right? Whether we're podcasters, whether we're police officers, we're firemen or, or whatever, uh, school teachers, we just have to do the best we can uh, within the margins that we're assigned. Yeah, that's what it is. And I just feel as though with WWE, um, like I liked it back when we had like the Godfather and Valvinas characters like that. I oh, yeah. did. I did follow some of your stuff with it, obviously. I know I was watching it on and off. I just think like for a lot of wrestlers, yeah, it's politics. But at the same time, I don't feel like with jazz, that was like my biggest thing because I worked with her in ECW and she could like, she could down with the boys too, you know? She's so good. Yeah, you didn't market her the right way. So what kind of marketing team do you have that you couldn't market an African-American woman wrestler who young girls I know would look up to so fast like that, you know, Oh, she's so badass. Like that represents badassery. Yes, it does. And then you, it's like, okay, so was it, and I'm not trying to be like all woke and all that other, whatever. No, no, I don't care. But did they really know how to market you or is it just that they do not know how to market ethnic people or that they have to keep you know this person in line because after a while it gets boring seeing the same person have the belt with that said i know it's like a mouthful but what are your thoughts on transgenders wrestling with women like rolling Um, around ring with them in spandex well look i um first of all like uh, to the first part of your question like the ethnic thing i was never viewed as ethnic there um i think i was pretty much viewed, yeah i was pretty much viewed as a white guy there and plus with my last name sandow and everything i um th- there was never any of that and, and look with wwe kate i would be lying if um i said like wrestling has not played into stereotypes in the past and i'm not just talking wwe i'm talking professional wrestling but you know what so have movies so entertainment played to stereotypes in the past right um, wrestling was part of that. However, um, 
with WWE and when with pretty much all these other companies, like I think, you know, with, with Big E becoming the WWE champion, uh, you know, and he's a friend of mine. I'm so happy for him. Uh, Kofi, um, they're really, from what I have seen, um, there was really none of that. Um, or from what I had experienced, mm-hmm. there was none of that. And, and that's only from my point of view. Now, someone else may give you a different story, but that's it. And uh, in, in terms of the transgender, um, look, in the 80s and 90s, there's been mixed wrestling and male versus female. So I, I say this. If a circumstance presents itself where you have two characters, regardless of male or female, if they can go out there and make good TV, make good TV. Um, and then that's like, I, I do the, um, the booking for championship wrestling from Hollywood, which is something I, I like during the pandemic, it was offered to me by Dave Mark. Yeah. Uh, it's called championship wrestling from Hollywood, um, independent promotion out here. And it's, um, uh, Dave Marquez runs it and it's, it's on in syndication. Yeah. And, um, we do that. We do primetime live. Um, so it's kind of cool for me because I get to, you know, help people with their characters. I get to make storylines, make angles. And, uh, and, and a lot of the younger talent, it's funny because like they, they've never been taught, which is, it, it's a major criticism I have like with wrestling today. Um, they're really, especially like, I think some of the younger people out here in California specifically, um, but I'm not going to limit this to California. You know, this is all over. Like, the right way of doing this isn't being taught. It's like, this is how you fall. This is how you do this move. And people are like, Oh yeah, go tell a story, go tell a story. But like these people don't know how to tell a story. Like they don't even know what telling a story means, you know? Um, Like there's just a lack of it. And I I think, um, you know, when I took that over, that was my primary objective. Like, look, I want to make a kick-ass TV show but we really got to learn you guys something like we, we, you guys need to learn what this is. And, uh, you know, I, I see the success of people like slice boogie, Danny limelight, the bodega, uh, and Papa. like I've, they were like a, a little, we all kind of got together. I saw them separately and I'm like, you guys need to be together. This is where we're going. Um, uh, midnight heat. Um, you know, we, we've had a couple people get signed, um, uh, to WWE and everything. So it, it's, it's been, it's been great. And it's just kind of good, like seeing their development, and uh, what they're doing, you know, Jordan Clearwater's another one. He, he's up and coming. Um, you know, Blake Troop. Um, uh, do you know Blake Troop? I know the name, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's an MMA fighter transition. Just a hell of a guy, hell of a talent. Um, so there's, again, like the, the behind the scenes stuff. I was never one that wanted to do that because I've had such a bad experience with, I'd say, 95% of people behind the scenes in wrestling. They're all scumbags. Yeah. And, and, well, and, and again... <laughs> <laughs> this is just like they're they're they lie, they um they're manipulative. They th- there's just not not much uh, genuineness to them. Now this isn't everyone. There are also a couple of very good people there, um you know, and not just WWE. I'm talking all over. Um, so there's you know uh, like Pat Keeney. I will say uh, Pat Keeney is our uh, talent relations guy in NWA. Pat. Yeah, Pat like my Pat the ECW Pat Simon Diamond Simon says he's out here now. No, no, no. He's working oh. uh, for NWA. Okay, yes. Um, okay, my bad. Yes. Okay. And um, he is just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, in terms of how he deals with talent, um, being very honest, making everyone feel comfortable, uh, and really steering, you know, the ship of NWA. So that's like I- I've seen like I I've used Pat as kind of a model of what I'd like to be. 
um, in, in terms of backstage and in terms of, if I have a backstage role in this, um, I want to be one of the good guys and, and I, I want to be honest with people, but I also don't want to crush people's dreams. And like, look, if you want to do this, I, I think there's a way to get anyone over. You just need to know what to do and, uh, yeah. and need to know how to do it. So that's all that, that's my opinion. To... Make sure you tell Pat, like I send my best. Cause he was, a lot I will. Yes. With, I could see him working with talent. And speaking of which I've heard mixed things about, uh, like the WWE culture in the locker room, you know, with between ribs, you know, for you, for those of you listening, a rib is obviously a joke. And you pull on someone, I pull them on people. I won't say who, but yeah. Um, so uh, what do you think the backstage culture was like there? Do you think it was healthy? Or do you think it was very like um, childlike in some ways? Because I've heard, like I said, a few things from someone here about people specifically making fun of him for his accent or because he didn't want to drink, you know? Well, again, it, it's very much a specific thing mm-hmm. um, in terms of everyone's going to have their own unique experiences. My thing is, uh, I don't like to talk down anyone. I don't like to diminish anyone. Um, you know, we're all in the same boat, so to speak, no matter who we are, whether you are the janitor, a PA or Vince, um, you know, look, when, when a boss walks in a room, you're, you're going to stand up a little straighter. It's just kind of human nature. However, um, people are basically the same and that's my philosophy. And that's what I've always tried to do. And, uh, my time there, and, and this goes like, I I've been, been over 10 years with them like never once did i ever feel embarrassed or no i i went hung out with my friends we laughed we joked yeah we'd like rib each other a little bit but it was just us like and it was it never ever malicious or anything like that um to me it was going hanging out with your friends every day well do you think it's malicious that you know a certain female wrestling personality i think you know the story was pranked or like, no, my bad. The iron sheet thought he was having some kind of a sexy talk with a specific female wrestling personality. I didn't hear this one. No, Oh, I didn't No. Well, and, and- okay. I'll tell you, I could tell you, I tell you. All right. Mm-hmm. Cause this, I'm here. I don't know if I'll see the iron sheet. So a few years ago, so I do all those dialects and everything. Huh? And I decided to call up the iron sheet. Okay. I pretended I was Missy Hyatt. Oh God. She has a tad okay. of Southern accent, kind of, you know, some, some, some twang, mm-hmm. you know, so whatever mm-hmm. it was I was doing about a, two, a week later, mm-hmm. I'm at a table next to her at one of the comic cons. Mm-hmm. She comes strutting by. He goes up to Missy. Missy. Yeah, we go. We have gimmick. We come to my room. So <laughs> it's like, Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? You know, she didn't know what he was talking about. I knew what he was talking about because I was the one that made the phone call. <laughs> and I'm just standing there trying not to laugh. And then she's looking at me. What is? I don't know what it is. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I said, maybe, you know, maybe he just didn't know what you're talking about. It didn't stop there. So he probably goes to his table. I called him to at his table on the cell phone he had for my cell phone blocked from like afar. So I could just see the whole uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. He off the phone. He goes walking back to her. I'm like, okay, let me just stop now while I'm ahead. I think Missy knows now that I was behind that, but it's like, it's in so many years that it went by. <laughs> um, yeah. It was one of my better, one of my better moments. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It was really bad. It's just, I don't know. 
I just had to do it because it's one of those things you just have to get involved in it somehow. But yeah. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's changed quite a bit with wrestling. And, you know, I you've been doing it obviously a lot longer than a lot of people I've had on the show or almost as long. April is doing this a lot longer than I thought. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, involved with all her bodybuilding stuff. Speaking Mm -hmm. of, I heard this story about you. I just have to clear this up. So I heard that you went to get an IV infusion at one of those IV clinics, like with Vitamin. Right. Is it true that you got scared of the needle and it was like a really tiny needle and you flinched and like you were holding on to like, oh, my God, I can't see this. Like, were you really absolutely not? Absolutely not. No, I I can 100 percent tell you that is absolutely. I'm teasing you, by the way. I just made that up. Okay, good. Okay, well, good. See, I'm honest now. Right. I you you, you tested me. I'm honest. Yeah, no, I I get scared. Like if I see it, and if the, if it's a tiny scene, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. just don't do, it. just don't touch me. Of course, it's not going to hurt because you're not going to touch me. You're not going to poke me with that. But then, yeah, mm-hmm. needle goes in. It's not big deal. Yeah. It's like but I tell you what, boy drama, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell you what, what a great great thing to do. Um, and if you feel like your immune system's getting run down or whatever, and like, oh my god, uh, you know, you're going to be traveling and stuff. Man, some vitamins, and they just keep like. The, the, the coolest thing was like they they came uh came to the house yeah and uh you know they they hook you up they they put the iv in and it's just like a bag it was uh myers cocktail yep and then like the lady takes out like it looked like an old school like medicine bag like from a traveling salesman you know mm-hmm. what i mean except it was a lot more a lot nicer but uh and then like these l- other little vials of like there's vitamin C, there's uh, zinc, there's, there's all these different, like, like, I think like some kind of a B complex or whatever it was. And, yeah. Glutathione. Um, B complex. Yeah. And, and, yeah glutathione. That's right. Yeah. I got the glutathione too, which is great. But like, she's just, as you're getting, you know, your IVs dripping, she's like, Oh, wait a minute. Let me, uh, you, you want some of this, you want some of that. And she just starts like jamming it in the ice <laughs> in your, um, yeah. But feel, uh, feel like Superman after that. But if you ever want one in LA, let me know because my friend owns a company and I could get you a pretty good deal, a very good deal. But the nurse oh, is going to upsell you on all those things. They have like the best Myers cocktail in LA. It's wow. a company called okay. Infinity. Huh? Oh, oh, very cool. I'll give them a shout out on Instagram if you want. Oh, yeah, no, the, then you know, then they'll hook you up really well. Cause like my, yeah. my friend is a nurse there. Oh my God. Like when she did my drip, it was amazing. I felt like a million times better. And they put the glutathione and it's actually really good for the skin. Like during awesome. the whole pandemic, no one ever really spoke about wellness and being well and like eating mm-hmm. well and like doing things like this to help your immune system. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. You got to do one. And I know you're not going to run out, out of the chair and act crazy. So that's good. That's my job to do yeah. that. Um, so what do you have <laughs> coming up? If you have any plugs aside from your pod, you, you still do the podcast, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, the A show with uh, April Hunter. That's been good. You know, we cover a, an amalgamation of different topics, uh, yes. which is always kind of fun. And, um, you know, from there, we, uh, you know, we just kind of like see where our audience goes. We, we, we do. It's kind of interactive, which is cool. Um, and no, it, it's funny because I finished up all the, um, as far as movies and, uh, everything, uh, that was wrapped up, uh, last year and now kind of back out in LA. I just got back in LA last week and now, you know, it, with, they say pilot season, but pilot season never really ends with the way the industry is now. It's all year. Um, so yeah, now it's just like, okay, let's, let's start pounding the pavement auditioning, um, you know, NWA on um, March, the, the weekend of March 19th and 20th, I believe we're going to be in Nashville 
Uh, so we got the Crockett Cup, which is we're bringing that back. That was actually what we were supposed to have right before the pandemic. And, um, you know, when uh, 2020 hit, the Crockett Cup was canceled, but we're finally doing it. It's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, now it, it, it's literally just now kind of like seeing what 2022 will bring. So that's uh, that's where we're at. It'll bring a lot, I think, for people like those who are actually um, sticking with it. You know, if I wasn't yeah. in store, I don't think I would have like done so well in the pandemic, like as well mm-hmm. as I did. I was like I was all over the place, but I was out since day one without a mask, walking, jogging, just checking. Yeah. Out. And I have to say the ocean air was so beautifully clean at that point. And I could take my motorcycle and not like hit traffic or anything like that. But the only thing that sucked was there was no really nowhere was really open to stop and like eat and have a cup of coffee, except like a gas station, something like that. Yeah. But it was a super peaceful time for me. And, um, you know, I I couldn't get into that much trouble, though. That's like the only thing. Like I couldn't get into anything, really. So, yeah, very innocent time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so fans want to see more of you. uh, Where can they find you? You can find me on uh, Instagram at the Aaron Files. That's T H E A R O N Files. Yes, I spell my name A R O N. Um, that's how Elvis spelled his middle name. It's misspelled on his gravestone, in case you're wondering. <laughs> um, and uh, on Twitter, it's Aaron's Thoughts, A R O N S Thoughts. I'm on there with you. I'm finding you on there. All right, cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. And just sit tight after I stop this. And thank you for joining me for another episode of Crazy Train. I know I'm not that crazy because it's like later in the day, but don't worry. I won't let you down. (laughs) 